This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keitel, Vice President of CX of M and retired global CX executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Bob Keipel. Good to see you, Bob. Good to be here. Um, we're really excited because we have a guest from across the, the pond, Eckhart Boma, who is a founder and managing director of Unipro Solutions. Welcome to the show, Eckhart. Thank you, Tom and Bob. I'm very excited to be here. I'm looking forward to this, and I've done a little research into some new ideas here uh, for thinking in the customer experience world. So um, if we can get started, Eckhart, I want to ask you, just for the uninitiated, can you explain this jobs-to-be-done theory or concept and its significance to effective customer experience management? Jobs-to-be-done. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question to start with. Um, yeah, some people call it jobs to be done like a theory. Some people talk or call it like a, a framework of principles. I think of jobs to be done as a kind of a novel way to think about customer needs. And what it specifically means is that uh, individuals trying to make progress in a certain circumstance, uh, whenever they, they have the feeling they want to do something different than the way they have kind of worked in the past or lived in the past because something is feeling no longer right. So they want to make a change and uh, it's kind of, kind of making progress in life can be like your personal life, can be business life, but that's really at the, at the, car, at, at the core of the jobs we've done theory is making that, that progress. So, so for just to make a real concrete example, like in the world of customer experience, if, um, if I want to make a, if I had an accident with my car, I had a crash and I need to make a claim with the insurance company, what are like the, what's an example of the jobs to be done for that person in that situation? Yeah, as you can imagine, there are, there are lots, lots of jobs to be done when, when you have an accident. Um, it's related to kind of getting the, the car repaired as a, is it kind of um, having a good relationship to the kind of whoever caused the uh, the accident? Um, it's, it's talking to the to the in, in, in insurance, and uh, you know when 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 accident happens, you need to make progress. You need to do something different in order to kind of get back to normal. Um, and that can involve, depending on the on the kind of accident, is maybe buying a new car if if the car got really totaled. And uh, you may think about maybe I don't want to have a kind of a car with a gas engine anymore. Maybe I want to upgrade to an electric car. So um, there are all these changes that could happen based on on that incident. Um, and when you talk to to an ex, uh, like, like to an insurance, 
the experience should be that it should be really smooth and the insurance institute, they, they should also be aware about your, your customer jobs um, because otherwise there, there could be a lot of pain. Um, I don't know if you ever had a, an accident, but it can be very painful getting the kind of the, the, the money back um, and kind of doing everything that, that needs, to be, needs to be done in, in such a situation. So really giving the customer the, the, the great experience that they deserve um, being your customer is kind of is, is behind it. So, so, so the way I kind of understand this is like the uh, insurance company, when I'm dealing with the insurance company, there are certain jobs I want to get done. I want to get my claim processed. I want it to be easy. I don't want to be on the phone for a long time. And I'm hiring the insurance company to do these jobs kind of for me. Is that right? Is that kind of the right way to think about it in this framework? That, that is right. Well, when you, when, you, when you hire the insurance company for the first time, um, you may look at the different things that they provide that you don't get from, from other insurance companies because in that case, uh, you want to be treated right. So it's always, there's always a, like a buying process uh, preceding the, the actual hiring of, of the company. And uh, if you are not satisfied with them for the next car, you may hire a, a different company. So it's, it's really of course, it's crucial that you have the, the right experience, but it's like what, what we look at with jobs to be done is like a cycle of progress because when you're when you're happy with your provider, you're kind of in your nirvana, you're not open to new solutions. But once you had a bad experience, then you may think, well, the next time I have an insurance uh, need, I'm not going to go to this company because they, they are not treating me well. And then you go, then you look actively for a new solution, then you compare different offers and then you hire someone. And then you get after the hiring or the kind of the buying, you get into that usage phase where in, in the case of a um, like an insurance, you're just paying the, the bills. But if there, there's an incident and you want to, and you need to engage them, then uh, you're kind of getting in, 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 into the full experience. So what we look at uh, is really always a cycle. Uh, and that cycle is broken by the time you're, you're happy. And as long as you're happy, you renew your, your insurance. And if you're not happy, then you look for something else. So you've kind of taken us <clears throat> into the area that, that you're focusing on and, and it's, it's um, the customer progress design. Can you explain to our listeners um, what customer progress design is and its relationship to jobs to be done? Yeah, let me, uh, let me go a little bit back. How, how did we come to customer progress design? Um, first of all, we, we noticed that when, when people want to kind of move on, when they want to make progress, when they want to improve their life, they go through a cycle. And it's, it's always caused by a thought um, that things need to change because what you have, what you're using is no, no longer working. So, so you enter this cycle uh, until you, you finally decide on something new. And people make progress in cycles, not only at this kind of micro level, also at the macro level, um, because they cycle and cycle and cycle through life, right? It's, it's like when, when you buy a car, you maybe you buy a kind of a, the entry level car, then you buy the mid-range car, and then you buy the SUV or the, the van or, or whatsoever. So they, so they cycle through life. So, and, and, and we took this thought um, and, and, and created a model first, uh, like a mental model that reflects all the critical elements in the cycle. 
Um, and then we turn it into a canvas. And that canvas was really a, for us a tool to capture all these critical elements when people go through these kind of these cycles. And um, we said, okay, what we are doing is not only the customer research part. So we are not only collecting the data and analyzing it, but also we provide a kind of a, a first uh, matching of the elements that we found out in interviews with a solution. So we, we try to help people 360 through the whole cycle from becoming aware and creating kind of emphasizing that awareness. Hey, if you don't act, um, the issue you have could be, could be severe, could be much more severe. There could be a huge impact through um, really finding the right solution category, comparing uh, products and making the right trade-off decisions, hiring the product and then using it. So it's like 360 um, perspective on, on the customer cycle. And that's, that's why we called it uh, the customer progress design because we are as designers try to design how people can make progress. So this is breaking the silos that we have in many organizations today. It's like, I'm product management. I'm only thinking about kind of the technical solution. I'm the sales guy, I'm the marketing guy. So everybody looking at the customer from their silo. And we are with this one, we are trying to try to provide a perspective like that 360 perspective on the customer. And it covers, it, it doesn't prioritize the product over marketing or marketing over the product. It's, it's all one, it's all equal. And we, our effort is to help people, uh, our customers or future customers to, to ease uh, the pain moving through the cycle. And so um, you, you sort of touched on this a little bit about your motivation for creating customer progress design. Um, was there a moment where an aha moment where you realized, oh, we need to do this to break down these barriers between different departments? Or was there a specific uh, instance where you really needed to help a client? What really got it kicked off? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, 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 I've used uh, the Jobs to be Done principles um, since 2017. And, um, and we had like two or three key models that we were working with. One was a timeline, it's like that sequence of events and the subsequent phases that people move through. Some people call it like the customer journey. Then we had a four forces model. So two forces promoting change, two forces inhibiting change and something uh, people call the job story. These are like two to three models that, that we work with. And we spent a lot of time, like a half a day, explaining what job to be done was in, mm -hmm. in our trainings um, and workshops. And, uh, and it was really hard to apply jobs to be done because jobs to be done, frankly, is, is, is just, I'm, I'm saying, quote, unquote, just a theory. You need a model, you need, uh, you need uh, tools, you need a process, you need a method really to apply it. We really struggled. We really struggled because we had like different charts on, on, on different walls mm -hmm. with uh, kind of the series of events, of events happening on this wall. And then we, have, we had the, the, the forces on another wall. We didn't bring it together. So two years ago, uh, my business partner at the time and I, we sat in a lobby, in a hotel lobby, and we thought about how can we bring these things together? And that's a, really a power of one chart. It's when you, when you get all the complexity that you're looking at 
at, on one chart, it's much easier to, to understand and, and to see the connections. Uh, so after that meeting, everybody kind of, we went home, we started to work on, on some ideas and what came out two months after we, after that first meeting was a kind of a prototype of something we called the wheel of progress, which is one canvas that, um, that we developed uh, to capture interviews with customers about the buying process and capturing these 12 elements that I mentioned at the beginning, um, these, these forces, events, constraints, um, to, to capture them and, and be able to sort them. So it's a very structured approach and that even was not enough. I mean, just using the canvas and the tool was not enough. We needed a process. So after COVID, we, uh, we could not, could not lo longer run our, our, our classes uh, in a kind of presence. So we had to go online, but that enabled us to create that process in a digital way. And it took like months and many iterations to come up with a, with a five-step process. It's all kind of electronic and that um, reflects the five different uh, phases that we go through from building hypothesis to transferring the results into action. And um, so to make a long story short, that uh, was a, we asked many questions and it's not just that you sit down and say, hey, I'm, I'm gonna create the, the next best business tool or the next best method. It's, it's going back, it's going forward, it's going backward. It's, it's kind of that iteration after iteration that you, that you try to improve, you make mistakes, you see what the tool can do, what it cannot do. And then you kind of develop that thing. But we always, what we've heard from our customers is it brings together the company because you have that one perspective on to this customer cycle, customer training, trying to make cycles. When you hear these interviews and you have like three, four, five, six interviews, you hear similar stories, you hear similar events that took place. When we interviewed uh, people who were looking for care solutions, we heard a lot of people um, being driven by like an accident. So people had like a car accident or they got lost or they came back from hospital and, and they needed to, to do something. So you see these patterns, you see these similarities. And this is what we really want to learn is uh, what's common among these customer jobs, what are the same or similar circumstances, what are the same or similar um, constraints, and then you can use this data and build something new. So yeah, I, to me, the most interesting um, aspect of, of your framework are these drivers and these constraints. Um, can you talk a little bit about, I imagine when you're looking at constraints, you're looking at, okay, what, what constraints can we address as an organization and, and what constraints seem to be coming from the consumer? And then, you know, I imagine there's a thought, well, how can we help the consumer to help resolve those? Can you talk a little bit about those two types of constraints? And I'm just imagining that's what you look at, but maybe you can shed some light on the role of constraints in this process yeah. and how we as experienced managers can help address them. Yeah, I think constraints is a, is a super important or super helpful element that you can look at. Um, and uh, because 
when, when you look at context, when you look at circumstances, there could be like a gazillion factors. It could be like this wall is blue, this wall is green. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So what, what can you really use in terms of data that can help you to make better decisions? So when we look at the constraints, we said we, we put this constraints right in the middle, like, like a hub of a wheel when it's greased badly, then it's not going to turn. There's going to mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of friction. So we know these constraints are holding people back from making progress. And we, just as a kind of a thinking aid, thought about like three different perspectives on, on constraints. One could be like the inner constraints, so, mm -hmm. so constraints that have to do with yourself or with mm -hmm. your kind of your closest family, let's say, or closest friends or closest relatives. It's like, uh, the, the, it could be like a health issue, could be like a disability, could be mm. like uh, your financials. So mm. things that have to do with yourself. Then, you, of course, you could could look at constraints from coming from the outside, like uh, a regulation, a new law. So you cannot can no longer kind of go out like like in the past and do things with, without a mask. And there are all these requirements that limit people really from making progress, or it could be time. So time of the day, for example, if, if you work during the day and mm. you want to take a mm. yoga class, mm. maybe that yoga class needs to start at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night, because mm. that's, that's your constraint. So these three dimensions we were looking at, and uh, you can use the, the, the constraints if you like in the last process, in, in the last bit of the process to put it in as data and say, how can we help people overcome those constraints. How can we, how, how can we, can, can we eliminate the constraints? Can we people to kind of to work around the constraints? What, what can, what can we do? So this is a very, very important or very powerful element. I love it. I, 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 I really love it because I think, you know, normally when we look at jobs to be done, we, we just seem to conceptualize it in terms of their motivation and wanting to change your existing state. But, um, with the exception of identifying pain points in the journey, we don't really, you know, think of it in a more from a practical and theoretical theoretical way in terms of the constraints that the consumer is facing and how we can address those. Now, you've you've discussed a little bit here about the role of qualitative research and and depth interviews um, in today's data driven, uh, survey driven. Um, big data-driven world. Um, what what's the role of depth interviews, and and why are they at the core of customer progress design? What do they allow you to do as a researcher that other forms of research do not? Yeah, that that's a it's a, it's a very important question to talk about. It's like what is what kind of data do you need in order to make better decisions? And when we just look at, at quantitative data, or if we use like models like a target group um, description or a personas, mm -hmm. things like that, um, most of we, we, um, we bring in our own bias. So we, we, we look at a person, let's say like a persona type, and we make it up. We, make, we, we think we know what that person is going to need. And, and by the way, this is a like a maybe a, a unique person you, you don't see, um, you don't recognize what is kind of, what, what are the common 
things um, that, that exist in, in reality. So when we look at customer jobs, for example, as a segmentation criteria, I think you're much closer to, um, to the reality because I don't, the customer job doesn't care about who you are. The customer job doesn't care about if you're 22 male, white, or if you're, if you're 65 mm-hmm. and female and Asian American whatsoever. And, and, and both people are on, on the same dance floor, right? So to speak, right? Yeah. Well, we have seen this. When I go to the club, I see people who are 80 years old, yeah? Right? And yeah, well, although, although, although Bob and I, we don't dance together. We were probably there. I know, I know you probably heard that out there, but we're, we're really not on the same dance floor. But no, I, I love, you know, even in persona development, just the idea of, um, you know, of understanding um, uh, different groups in terms of their drivers and what's motivating them and, and what, what their constraints are um, could be extremely insightful. So how does, you know, maybe you can explain to the uninitiated, the people that don't use focus groups or don't use depth interviews, how, how do depth interviews allow you to tease that information out? What, what techniques do you use in your interviews to get at those? Maybe even you can share some of the questions that, that you ask. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So um, these interviews are really about the buying process. So that is always like the first focus is like, what did you buy? Um, and getting some context around it. Um, so what was it? Was it like a motorcycle? Was it like a kind of a motor home? Or what was it? What, what did you buy? So, and then we get people to kind of going backwards and, and talking about their, their buying experience. Mm-hmm. Well, what was your first thought? When did, you, when did you notice the first time that you want to change, that you want to, that the solution you're using is no, no longer working? So, mm-hmm. so you work your, your, your way backwards to the kind of to try to find the origin of that first thought and all the kind of the trigger points in between and what happened, right? And mm-hmm. then we listen to these 12 elements. We listen to the, to the, to the drivers of, of change and the things that hold people back. We try to find out what held people back? What were the constraints? Mm-hmm. We uh, we ask about the solutions, some other solutions. It's not, not always that you mm-hmm. buy a new solution and replace that old solution. No, it's like you augment, you augment your, your portfolio. Um, you're not firing anything. That, that could be also that, that you're just hiring something new because it mm-hmm. can do one thing better than the other. And these 12 elements, um, these are the things that we that we try to really list during the interview and capture them and 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 later later on we we work with them but the basic idea is to find out what what was the motivation what were the things that that did you like in the new product what did you think what, what, what were the things that you disliked what were the anxieties where where, where you kind of concerned about the effort the money that you have to put in what what, what were these dynamics um i i cannot talk about all the 12 elements. Uh, they're, well, they're... Tell, tell, tell you what, maybe we could close with you um, um, just identifying what those 12 elements are, and then we can have you back on the show where we can do more of a deep dive because I, I, I find this really, really fascinating. So Eckhart, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to be testing your knowledge right now. Can you name off the 12, the 12 <laughs> elements of progress design? Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So at the core, it's, it's like, like, a, like an onion, yeah, if you want. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the core, there is customer jobs, pains, and gains. Okay. The pains are associated with the customer job. When, when you execute the job, it's like 
things you don't like or you're afraid of and then you have mm. the gains is like all the what what you get out of the job also positive mm. things right satisfaction mm. peace of mind whatsoever mm. so a customer jobs pains and gains and then we have a context layer and that consists of the events so trigger events mm. that mm. cause you to do something to for example to search for a new product then we have the constraints things are holding you back and then we have the solutions because when you know all the solutions that people are hiring you know you can you're better informed about the customer job about the complexity and all the flavors of the customer jobs and then the third layer on top of this customer jobs pains gains context third layer is forces of progress mm-hmm. and your desires and the things you don't want to happen so we have you have uh, like a push which was like oh my god i, mm-hmm. I need to change something mm-hmm. that pushes mm-hmm. you from the old situation to the new you have the you have the uh, the pull it's like you look at the new solution say oh wow that's great mm-hmm. it can mm-hmm. help me do something new then you have um kind of the the the, the dislikes of the new product it's like mm-hmm. uh, anxieties is what people call yeah. it but it's not only anxieties so sometimes it's really concrete things you don't like the color mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. an anxiety right or it's too expensive and then you have the habits and habit habits are you kind of hard to leave sometimes the comfort zone your loyalty mm. your your preferences they hold you back so we have two forces holding you back two forces moving to a new world and then we have something in between that we have like the desires it's like when you make up your mind what like when you when you move homes right you think mm. about wow where do you want to move is there, is, is, are there good schools uh what, what are the taxes I, i need to pay And what do I want to avoid? Maybe high crime area or traffic jams or whatsoever. So mm. in uh, the outer layer consists of these six things, the forces and these desires and, and the things you want to avoid. So, so in total, it's 12. Wow, that, that's that's really cool. I love this. I, I, I love it because, you know, um, I think oftentimes practitioners and CX try to oversimplify things. And, and what you've revealed is just how complex it is but you've provided us with a framework in which we can deal with it. So for that, I really, really thank you. And so I want to ask, um, I want to just ask for the listeners, because, you know, this sounds like a highly visual thing. Um, mm-hmm. What's a good place to go on the website yep. or, or, or elsewhere to read up or to see these types of uh, ideas? Right. Well, you can go to uh, unipro-solutions.com slash en for the english version or you can click at the at the top right corner there's you can switch from german to, to english and then i have a blog it's i think it's a second to the last blog where i talk about these 12 elements uh, there's mm-hmm. a graphic so you can look at um, like these three layers that i just explained yeah. you can little read a little bit about what the advantages are and what you can do specifically with the data because we have really not talked about this how we use the data. That's actually the most important thing. It's like, it's not, it's not about jobs to be done. It's not about customer research. It's about the data, the data you want to use to make better decisions, right? And we haven't really talked about this, but explain it a little bit on, on, on that website as well. Well, and I think we definitely got to have you back to talk a little bit more about that. So we can we can talk a little bit about the process and, 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 mm-hmm. and finally the data and 
I know in our previous conversation, we talked a little bit about the, the value proposition and how you use uh, data to shape that. So look forward to having you back. But thanks. Thanks so much for being on the show, Eckhart. And listeners, thanks uh, for being here with us. Thanks, Tom and, and, and Bob. Thanks for the invitation. It's, it's been a great pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob Show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.